If you're still on the hunt for a sports book to call home, bet the nonstop action of March Madness with my bookie. Enter bracket contests for a chance to take home prizes of up to $25,000 or pick from a huge selection of straight bets, props, and odds boosts. Whatever your style, MyBookie makes it easy to play your way and get paid. Sign up now and take advantage of our generous welcome offer to score a massive first deposit bonus of up to $1,000. All you have to do is claim promo code MADNESS50. But the fun doesn't stop there. Get up to the minute odds, free bets, and expert predictions to help you decide who to put your money on. The best part about MyBookie? You can bet on anything, anytime, from anywhere. Use promo code MADNESS50, that's MADNESS50, to secure your limited-time welcome bonus today. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of the BadgerBlitz.com podcast, of course, powered by Overtime Media. I'm Jake Kokorowski, senior writer at BadgerBlitz.com, part of the Rivals Network, and we are here kicking off again another November. Wisconsin comes off their 52-3 win over Rutgers, and now they are host their final two home games of the season against Big Ten West Division foes. And up first on Saturday, November 13th, 11 a.m. kickoff Central Time on ESPN2. It is the Northwestern Wildcats that come into Madison. Joining us today from Wildcat Report, our rivals cousins that cover all things Northwestern athletics. We got Michael Fitzpatrick here. Michael, thanks for making time this morning on Friday. And uh, Northwestern comes in. Uh, you know, with only winning three games, you know, in your eyes right now, just what has gone, what are some bright spots for this Northwestern program, but then also what are some things that, uh, that have been obvious struggles through this, you know, these first nine games of the regular season? Yeah. Um, I think the defense kind of qualifies for both as a struggle and a bright spot. They started the season with a new defensive coordinator, really struggled and, it culminated before the bye week. Nebraska scored 56 points on them. They ran for the most yards a Pat Fitzgerald coach team has ever given up. And during the bye week, they kind of went back to what they used to do on defense in the past, a lot more 4-3, play a lot of cover four, and it's worked for the most part. Defense still isn't as good as it has been the last couple of years, but they lost a lot of those players, so the drop-off is kind of expected. And But they've gotten a lot better, which is certainly a bright spot. And then the offense has been a huge struggle. It's almost like it was two years ago where the offense just can't do anything. Like defense played really well last week against Iowa, held them to 17 points and the offense turned it over three times, only managed 12 points. It's just don't really have a quarterback. It's hard to, it's hard to move the ball without a quarterback. They do have Evan Hall at running back who's averaging over six yards of carry. He's off to really good. He's having a really good season, but he can only do so much and you can't throw the ball. It's easy for teams to stack the box against Hall. And say, looking at the offense real quick, and you mentioned Evan Hall right now, impressive out, you know, so far three, you know, can do both out of the backfield in terms of running the ball and catching 791 yards, 6.2 yards per carry. Like you mentioned, five touchdowns leads a team in that category, but he also, you know, 22 receptions, 205 yards and a touchdown. He had one against Iowa last week through the air. Uh, what makes him so dynamic uh, that Wisconsin will have to contain, uh, you know, through your eyes on that? And what's what's made him be so prominent in this Northwestern offense this season? I think the biggest thing he has, and it's different from all the guys Northwestern has, is he's he can make any play a big play. Like, you know, said, a lot of guys who – we're quicker than fast, so to speak. Hall has 90 and 75 yard touchdowns this year. So he can really 
create home runs if he gets a if he gets room to run. So that's what's really made the best. And even with him out of the backfield, if you get it to him in space, he can outrun guys. And that's what he did on his touchdown against Iowa. It was a short pass. He's able to get outside and outrun the Iowa defense. So that's his speed. I think is the biggest thing he brings to the table. It's hard for guys like on his seventy-five yard touchdown against Michigan. He was he was running away from people. Northwestern's never really had a guy who could run away from people, kind of thing. And now you talk about the quarterbacks. They on their roster, they have two highly touted quarterbacks, you know, in, in recent memory with Hunter Johnson, Ryan Halinski. Uh, but looking at that depth chart, Andrew Marty was, you know, the first team quarterback. He's completed 60.5% of his throws, 514 yards, five touchdowns to three interceptions. Those three interceptions came last week against Iowa after him putting up about what 270 yards. Uh, what, what has been that situation with the quarterbacks where you've seen three play and it, is it one just not sticking and, and leading that offense to, to success? Yeah. Uh, Hunter Johnson won the job over the summer, which was a welcome sight because he's superstar, five-star recruit kind of thing. So it was good to see that he was able to win the job and he played well week one against Michigan state. I mean, he played well enough to win the defense really let him down in that, in the opening game. But Two weeks later against Duke, he threw three interceptions and fumbled in a five-drive span and just really looked like how he did two years ago, panicked under pressure, bad throws, couldn't get off his first read, that kind of thing. So they made the move to go to Marty in that game, and he almost they almost came back from down 27-0 to with Marty. He hurt his shoulder and was out until he came back two weeks ago against Minnesota. And Holinsky played from then on. And Holinsky was better than Hunter in the sense that he didn't turn it over as much, but he was still inaccurate, had trouble adjusting to pressure. He's not as mobile as the other two guys, so he had trouble with pressure. He was inaccurate. He really struggled in the first half against Minnesota that got him benched. He completed one pass over the entire first half. And Marty's definitely been the best, even though he was the least highly touted recruit, but he's definitely more of a runner than a thrower. And I think one of the big problems last week with their game plan was Marty threw it 44 times and ran it 13 times. It's that those numbers have to be closer to utilize his skill set. He can't be throwing it that much. That's not what he's, that's not what he's good at. And that's not what he's done with success this year when he had sparked the offense. Now looking at the other side of the ball on defense, you mentioned just struggles early on, you know, overall right now, 26 points per game allowed. I know they're one of the worst in the FBS in average for rushing yards allowed per contest at 224.6. They're allowing about 5.4 yards per carry. Looking at the stats, they've allowed at least 294 yards per game rushing in four of the nine contests. Uh, you know, and they, you know, I guess what, you know, where have you, have you seen improvements within that group at, you know, despite the the large amount of yards given up on the ground and, you know, who, who can stuff the run against a team like Wisconsin where they're ranked 13th in the FBS, you know, averaging just almost you know just over 220 yards per contest as well yeah um they've definitely gotten a lot better since the bye week when they went back to more what they've done in the past thing that's both the combination of these players were recruited for the scheme they've done in the past and also they're just more comfortable in it they they've learned this in the past and Bryce Gallagher I'm sure everyone remembers his brother Blake he played in Northwestern for a while he's the new middle linebacker he's really come on since the bye week he's been really good Chris Bergen, still Chris Bergen. He's really good. He was all Big Ten last year. Those two guys are probably the best in terms of stopping the run. And I mean, it might be 
I don't know if they'll have a ton of success against Wisconsin. A couple weeks ago, it was Minnesota. Minnesota was able to run the ball on Northwestern with a good amount of success. So it could be Northwestern's D-line just isn't big enough to hold up against a really good offensive line. But they've certainly been better. This On Saturday, might not be the best showing of their improvement just because Wisconsin's so good on the ground, but they've certainly gotten better throughout the season. Now looking at that passing defense, they're only they're giving up less than 190 yards per contest. Uh, their passer you know, passing efficiency defense uh, is, is pretty sharp as well. I think they're I think it's 30th in the FBS, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, just what you know, what have you seen from a safety like Brandon Joseph? You know, who was a standout last year, and uh, you know who Wisconsin's passing game got on track last week for 270 uh, 270 yards. You know, 240, 274 yards, I should say, 240 from Graham Mertz against Rutgers. But just how, who stood out in that secondary uh, besides Joseph and, and what can Joseph bring? Yeah, Joseph, I mean, he's still, I think he's actually gotten a little bit better this year than he did last year. He doesn't have the interception numbers he did last year, but a lot of that is bad luck. He's had a couple tips that he couldn't corral, stuff like that. Some of it is, Bad luck, but he's a better tackler this year. He still makes plays, just hasn't been able to come down with as many interceptions as he did last year. Uh, then the other safety, actually, Coco Azuma. He's a new starter this year. He's really come on as the season's gone on. He's a good tackler, uh, more of like a physical downhill safety, or as Joseph's more of a coverage safety. Then the corners have played well. They have three corners who kind of returned, all got playing time last year. They have AJ Hampton, Rod Hurd, and Cameron Mitchell. They've all been and they're kind of interchangeable. All three of them are pretty similar, good in coverage, good tacklers, that kind of thing. So the secondary is definitely their strength. They have five guys, I think, they can put out there and all play well. So that's been a strength, but the run defense kind of has let them down, and I think that helps make the passing numbers look better because earlier in the season teams could just run the ball. They didn't have to throw as much necessarily. Gotcha. Uh, before we let you go, Michael, what are your keys to the game for Northwestern to, you know, we, we, we've seen this game be close, especially in the past three games at Paul Chris era for Wisconsin at Camp Randall stadium. We're 20, from 2015, 2017, 2019, they've been relatively tight, even with 2017 and 2019 where Wisconsin looked like the presumed, you know, huge favorite. Uh, but what are, you know, what are the keys for the Wildcats to one, keep it close and two try to, make a make an upset out of this you know even though they've had a rough season yeah um, the first key definitely I think is getting Evan Hall involved in running and passing game I think they threw it to him I think more than they have all year against Iowa I think that has to be a key like screens get blockers in front of him just different ways to let him run without just having to be a handoff because he's definitely one of the best player on offense and also Talked about a little bit earlier, but I think Marty's run and pass numbers have to be closer. Definitely have to have him run more because that's better runner than a thrower. And on defense, certainly stopping the run. If they just let Wisconsin grind out drives, go up and down the field, their offense isn't good enough. If they don't get, if the time of possession numbers aren't even, Northwestern's offense isn't good enough to overcome that. And you got to force a couple turnovers, get some short fields, that kind of thing. It, I don't really think they have a great chance to win, but it would have to be turnovers and Evan Hall having a big game, I think, if they were to pull off the stunner. I say, Michael, man, we appreciate you making time on this podcast. Uh, what else is coming up on Wildcat Report, and what can we see from from you and others at the site? 
Just keeping up our football coverage. We got basketball season starting, so we'll have more on that. Uh, yeah, same stuff we've been doing for football. We'll get into recruiting a little bit more in the offseason, talk to some recruits, but, yeah, same stuff we've been doing. Excellent. And then, Mike, man, we really appreciate you jumping on the show. Uh, you know, are you making it up to, to uh, Camp Randall this, uh, coming up tomorrow then? I won't, but uh, the editor for Wildcat Report, Louie, he'll, he will be in Camp Randall tomorrow. Excellent. Excellent. I appreciate your time, uh, my friend. Be well down in Evanston. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll talk to you again coming up on basketball season. All right. Thank you very much. Folks, it's Michael Fitzpatrick over at Wildcat Report. We're going to take a quick break, pay some bills because we like to well, pay, you know, get some money for, for this site, have a couple ads come on. We'll come back. My three keys to a Wisconsin victory and my players to watch here on the BadgerBlitz.com podcast, powered by Overtime Media. Welcome back, everybody, to the BadgerBlitz.com podcast powered by Overtime Media. This is Jay Kokorowski once again. Big thanks again to Michael Fitzpatrick from Wildcat Report joining us on Friday morning talking some Northwestern football. And, of course, once again, Wisconsin, Northwestern, 11 a.m. Central Time on ESPN2. And right now we'll go through what I normally do for these games, give three keys, kind of a preview to our pre-snap read, and then give our players of a game uh, to watch, I should say, for Saturday's matchup inside Camp Randall Stadium. So first off, I would say let's talk about the first key for Wisconsin, and it goes back to what Wisconsin does well, right? That is to contain an opponent's rushing attack. And for Northwestern, they average 150.4 yards per contest, 4.2 yards per carry. We mentioned Michael talked about Evan Hall and just his abilities with that even in and off year for Northwestern, again, nearly 800 yards of offense. He can catch the ball as well. Uh, then again, though, Wisconsin is the best in the nation when it comes to stopping the run. 54.7 yards per contest, 1.9 yards per carry. There's only been two opponents that have gained over 100 yards in nine games. Uh, that'd be Michigan and Army. The others have not. Uh, Rutgers actually got close to the century mark last week, uh, but Wisconsin, once again, again, they held up. And this is key because right now, Northwestern heading into this game, not great on third down, about 37% on that neck, on that key down to move the chains. Wisconsin, of course, is first in the nation in third down conversion defense, allowing opponents to move the chains just under, you know, 25%. And again, this is going to be, I think Wisconsin's very good there. I mean, it's 24% for Wisconsin, uh, 29 of 121 uh, in that category in terms of uh, conversions to attempts overall. So I think Wisconsin can get it done against Northwestern. I'm not impressed by their quarterbacks. And I think they'll be able to force some three and outs. I think they'll be able to stuff the run. And it may be a very long day for the Northwestern faithful this weekend. Uh, Going to my second read, it's going to be what Wisconsin needs to do. And it's because of what Northwestern has allowed. And we talked about earlier with Michael, it is establishing that ground game early uh, for Wisconsin, even though, and I mean, the big news and, Forgot to obviously didn't mention this. Uh, I would say like in detail early in this podcast, but 
Chesmalusi now out for the remainder of the 2021 season. Head coach Paul Christ announced that yesterday during his Thursday morning availability. Yeah, obviously the injury was suffered at Rutgers uh, in the third quarter on one of his runs. Uh, it's terribly disappointing for, for Malusi. Uh, we send our thoughts to him uh, with this. He led the team in rushing 815 yards on 4.7 yards per carry and had five touchdowns. He had four 100 yard contests that included a you know, a season high 149, uh, you know, against Purdue just a couple of weeks ago, Wisconsin will have, you know, there's Braylon Allen who right now 661 rushing yards, 7.1 yards per carry, six touchdowns. He's right in a five game streak of going over the century mark himself. And so there will be a lot of lean on number zero for Wisconsin in the run game, I feel, uh, because, you know, obviously Isaac Rendo is also out for the rest of the season with a left leg injury behind them. Uh, and like I said, it's going to be there after establish the run game. Uh, this is that second key. I know I'm on a little tangent about Malusi there, but this, the key is that he will have to establish the ground game early, even without you know, a full complement of, of backs. Uh, be, you know, Braylon, we'll see if Allen actually receives more carries, substantially more carries than what he's got, what, we, what he, he's had. I mean, looking at what he, the most carries he's had this season was 20 against Iowa. It's usually, you know, the, during the five uh, games where he's gone over 100 yards, it's been between 12 and 20. And again, the season high was 20 carries against Iowa. How much more will they rely on him? And then behind that, you know, who who will step up when called upon? Will it be Julius Davis, who score or didn't score, but he had 32 yards on seven carries last weekend at Rutgers. Jackson Aker, a true freshman, 24 yards on three carries. His first collegiate carry went for an 18-yard touchdown in that third quarter. And then there's obviously two Grover Bordelotti during that mop-up time when it was 52 to three, you know, five carries, 48 yards and in the Whitefish Bay native made the most of his carries uh, with the reserves in, uh, will they have to go down to a walk on true freshman running back? Yeah, I think Wisconsin fans surely hope not, but for right now, I'd say it would be Allen. And then behind them, uh, Julius Davis, Brady shipper is the one I didn't talk to because, uh, but you know, maybe his role changes too. Uh, and because right now, you know, he talked, I talked to him earlier this week and we'll have something up on Friday afternoon, Friday evening about the running backs and just what could be expected in terms of roles being filled. But right now his responsibilities really have been, uh, he told me this, like on third downs and third and long opportunities where there's more passing situations. And, you know, he's a good pass blocker. I think he's the best pass blocker in that backfield at the moment outside of John Chanel. And so uh, he has 83 yards on 19 carries this year. Will that will his role change too? Uh, but regardless, who's there? They have to establish the run game. Why? You know, we talked about it earlier. Two hundred twenty-four point six yards per game allowed by Northwestern. Over five yards per carry. Five point four to be exact. It got to stick with what works with with Wisconsin. The, the with the bread and butter. It's going to be a physical game and whatnot. But I feel Wisconsin has that. Will have a chance regardless who's in the backfield to to gain some yards, wear down Northwestern. Uh, it will need its passing game, though. Uh, 240 yards from the armor Graham Mertz last week on 11 of 16 passing. I liked what I saw in terms of the, everything coming together. We'll see what the conditions are here in Madison, where it's going to be chillier, and just how the weather conditions affect the passing attack. But we saw everything kind of come together, what we thought it could be 
last, you know, throughout the season, it came together against Rutgers, you know, against Rutgers in Piscataway on last Saturday. Now can it, they continue that? They will need, I think, to keep Northwestern honest, but that run game is, is what's working, and they'll need to make it happen, uh, in my eyes, to, to come out away with a, with a win. The last one for my third read will be just continue the, the, you know, the third down, the good vibes on third down, right? Wisconsin went seven of 12 last week against Rutgers. It's only the second time in this season that Wisconsin's gone over 50% on third downs. The other time it's what started the winning streak when they went seven of 13 against Illinois down in Champaign for the season. Wisconsin still only 31.7%. That's not obviously not great. The one key though, with, Northwestern, they're tied for 95th in the nation with Boise State heading into this weekend in terms of allowing third down conversions. That right now you're looking at 70 47.8%. That's uh 56 conversions compared to 134 attempts overall. I, I think Wisconsin can get it done. They will need some balance to get it done. We saw it last week, but Wisconsin needs to continue the the progression there. They were six of sixteen against Iowa the week before. Um, this you know you're starting to see signs that this offense is making a turn. And obviously Rutgers' defense was not great. So is this an outlier or is this or is there a trend going to be developed from this? And this is a key area where Wisconsin needs to make that happen. So. Those are my three keys. The the Badgers I'm going to watch, uh, and you know, in my eyes, I think this comes to many when it uh, when I'm I, in that backfield, right? Uh, players to watch. It's going to be Braylon Allen, and it goes back to what I mentioned before. How many carries will Braylon Allen get on Saturday morning, uh, into Saturday afternoon for Wisconsin? This is a player that remember too. He played spring ball, you know the. WIAA spring alternative season, uh, you know, for that matter. So he's played, he's got a lot of games underneath his belt. He's had eight games played this week or this season uh, for Wisconsin. And, you know, he's averaging, I'm just taking a look from the games, but 82.6 yards per game in the eight contests he has played. That's going to increase. I feel, I think he's got a really good shot of getting over a hundred yards moving forward. Uh, you know, for, for this game, we'll see what happens against Nebraska next week, but we'll see just, you know, I think it's going to be him. I think maybe another named player to watch just Julius Davis to see if he gets in the backfield. He Davis in my eyes, he's five foot 10, just over 200 pounds is what UW lists him at looking at him and and seeing him in person. He's, he's well built and he believes he can be a hard runner like Malou, like Malusi. He said, um, Brady Shipper regarded him as a physical running back. I believe that can be the case too for Wisconsin. So uh, I think he could provide a good compliment to, to Allen in that effect. Uh, and, and we'll see just how much he's called upon. But those are kind of my two players to watch this week on offense. For for defense, really it, it comes to, uh, you know what, it, it, maybe it's going to be I'll go outside linebacker because I want to see what happens with the matchup between Nick Herbig, who leads the team in sacks seven and, ta- and you know, is up there tied for second in tackles for loss 10 with Jack Sanborn just to see what he does potentially against Peter Skaronsky, the standout 
tackle for the Northwestern Wildcats. And I think you know, that could be a great matchup. It's going to be interesting to see just two young players within the Big Ten that, that have stood out, you know, um, last year, Skaronsky was a second team, all big 10 selection. He was also, uh, you know, an outland award, uh, watch list candidate this season. And then you see Herbig, just what he's doing and just how he can make plays. It will be interesting to see what him and Noah Burks can do. If Wisconsin can force those third and longs, which is what I'm predicting against the Northwestern offense that, uh, really just hasn't get on, gotten on track and can't put points on the board. They're averaging, again, under 19 points per contest. So, uh, I'm, And I'm just taking a look real quick at Wisconsin's... Uh, the pressure's on pro football focus, and we're very fortunate to have this uh, this stat. But Nick Herbig right now, in nine games, has 24 total pressures. So that's... Uh, you know, he has seven sacks, but he's also had seven hits and 13 hurries. According to pro football focus, that leads the team in that category. The next one is uh, actually Jack Sanborn at 19 and Leo Chanel at 14. I think those three could really have big games this week if they can stuff the run. I think Wisconsin will. Uh, but yeah, my matchup is kind of a player to watch just to see how he works on the outside against, you know, one of the conference's best tackles when that matchup is presented in my end. So on that note, we're about 20, almost 24 and a half minutes into this. Thank you guys all for listening. We'll cut it off there. Um, of course tonight, and we're, we're going to try to do this more. I got, we'll be talking, I'll be talking with Benjamin Morgel coming up just about how to kind of talk more about basketball. We haven't really even gotten into basketball yet and we don't want to forget about that. It's obviously uh, Wisconsin coming through and with a, a big win, Obviously, on earlier this week, on Tuesday, uh, an 81-58 victory over St. Francis College of Brooklyn. Uh, tonight, they're playing Green Bay. Bo Ryan, former head coach of Wisconsin, will be celebrated. Obviously, the, the reason why they're doing this, Will Ryan, his son, is coaching Green Bay. It's a 7 p.m. tip-off at the Kohl Center, if you all can get down there um, and whatnot. But I'm going to talk to Ben Wargle about getting more basketball coverage, not just on our YouTube channel, but also here on this podcast and moving forward. So uh, thank you all for listening. And whatnot. thanks again to Michael Fitzpatrick from Wildcat Report talking about the Northwestern Wildcats. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Badger underscore Blitz. For me, it's at Coco K-O-C-O. For John McNamara is at McNamara Rivals. Uh, ben Wargle is at the... T-H-E, Badger Nation, all one letter, no spaces or underscores there. And then for uh, Raul Vasquez, Vasquez uh, is at Raul, R-A-U-L-V, 45. And then, you know, please subscribe and like to this podcast. We have a lot of fun doing this. You know, uh, with that, leave five-star reviews on Apple, Google, Spotify, wherever you find podcast that's where the badgerblitz.com podcast is also please subscribe to our youtube channel that new one is revamped we are closing in on 600 subscribers we just had avion jones wisconsin 2022 defensive back commit on the show uh on the channel last night our weekly recruiting recap a lot of fun talking with him a lot of great insight and whatnot and we plan on having more going forward 
and we would love more support. Uh, build this further. We have more shows coming up next week and this week. Uh, we weren't able to get Michael's uh, some equipment going uh, for the Beat Writer video Q&A, uh, but we'll, I'm shooting to have a post-game show uh, sometime tomorrow uh, and, and get your questions in and whatnot there. So do that. Of course, you know, like us on Facebook. That is search Wisconsin Badgers on BadgerBlitz.com. We are there. Thank you again for tuning in. I'll stop talking. Y'all have a great weekend. Stay warm, especially y'all in the Midwest that are listening to this. It is cold. I see. I saw some snow out there earlier. Uh, not a lot of fun of mine, but we will talk to you next week here on the BadgerBlitz.com podcast, powered by Overtime Media.